coming up on Your Best Life. He's more excited about our plan than we are about our plan. He's jumping up and down saying, oh, this is going to be awesome. You're going to have so much fun. Now I'm Welcome to another message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. We are praying that this message will bless you and help you live your best life. For more information about Pastor Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. Approach this tonight, uh, uh, which is a, it's a uh, series we're doing on faith, but I want to I want to approach it in a kind of a uh, a slightly different angle and uh, not just preach it, but unfold some of the scripture about how it relates to you and I in, in some other areas than just feeling inspired or motivated about it. In 1 John 5 verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So whenever something is born of God, whether it's your calling, your ministry, or whatever you're doing, it's gonna overcome the world, whatever the world brings against you. So uh, it's a fascinating thing to me how many times people who are quite religiously negative, who have not really appreciated what's going on here in church, have predicted the demise of us right from almost day one. And so it's like nearly 40 years later, and I don't know where those people are, but we're still here. And it is astonishing how many people, if they don't like the way you're expressing Jesus to the world, they think it should finish because it doesn't suit them. It's not convenient to their, their paradigm of what God's all about. You don't use enough religious words or you've got wrong kind of signs or all these sorts of things. And it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And I wanna talk about that a little further on in this passage, but it doesn't matter what comes against you. We've had so many things and constantly do have things. Today I'm on, on the phone this afternoon speaking about two situations with uh, one of our regional overseers, overseers that just this challenge of things that are always coming against you from every side. But let me assure you of this. If what you are doing is born of God, it's never gonna get overcome. You're gonna overcome everything that comes against you. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now, a faith that's born of God is, it knows something down inside. When we were trying to get this building built and we spent eight years of battling, battling everything like spiritual forces, councils, votes, residents, many different things. I had a knowing on the inside of me that we were gonna get there. When you know that something's gonna happen, it actually doesn't matter how much is coming against you, you are actually going to get to the other side of it. And that knowing is your faith. And you can switch it on, which is the beautiful thing. You don't have to wait for it to come to you. You can say, I am gonna start believing here tonight. Now here, here's a point about faith. It's not just about believing. Faith is not just believing something and saying this is going to happen. It's also about being something. Faith is being bold. It's being confident. So we can be, be believing something and yet be quite timid 
and withdrawn. And you might say, well, that's my personality type. I've done, I've done the, 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 the test that stereotypes me and puts me in a box. That's how I am. I want you to break the box tonight and understand that you're born of God. And God is no introvert. God is no fearful, timid person, nervous about all of us. He's bold. He creates a universe. He creates peacocks. He creates all kinds of things that are crazy, wonderful. He's out there. And that you're His child. You're His child. You, you are colourful, bold, magnificent in the earth. And if something has crushed that, then here tonight, I am believing that you're going to get your bold back. You're going to get your confidence back. You're going to get something back that got stolen from you. And let me tell you this. Being a confident person in this life is worth more to you than a billion dollars. If you were to win 20 million tomorrow at the lottery and still were, uh, not, were lacking in confidence, let me tell you, choose confidence. Choose faith and calm and posture on the inside that's upright because that's what faith will do for you. And faith is a gift from God that He brings into our life so that we can be overcomers. Then 1 John 4 verse Four and five says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, when he says, You are of God, little children, and greater is he that is in you, that word you, we normally think it's a singular word, but actually, in the original language, that's plural. And all of us know you use the same word you for singular and plural for us, but they didn't. They used two different words. So when they said you have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why you gotta get together because together we overcome and find victory for each other. Together we're in the house of God and we will push back all the gates of darkness that try to bury you. That's why it's so important. Don't be a once every month Christian. Don't be a once every two week believer. Turn up at church as often as you can and get together with other believers in your connect group. We need each other to find ourselves living in this victory. But he says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and therefore you have overcome them. Them is voices. He talks in the context here about false teachers, deceivers, about many voices that have gone out into the world and try and tell you that the resurrection has passed or that Jesus was not the Son of God, all kinds of things. Now in your head, you will have many different kinds of voices that try and dismantle your faith, that try and pull it apart and destroy your confidence. Whatever is trying to destroy your confidence is not God. It is the devil. You will find he doesn't comfort you, he torments you. He doesn't build you up, He tears you down. He says, you're not worth it. Who would listen to you? Why would God answer your prayer? You're not accepted here. Nobody likes you. All those paranoid internal neuroses like that are not from the heaven, not from God. And tonight, when you start to read the Scripture and say, greater is He that is in me, that is in us, than anything I face in the world, you will start to build your faith and start to be an overcomer. The word overcome, faith, that, that word overcome, that means to conquer in battle. 
So that means there's a battle that goes on. It doesn't happen in a second. It doesn't happen in an hour. It doesn't happen some days in a day or even in a week. It can take you a year, two years, three years. For some, it is a constant battle to live above that thing that's trying to pull you down, that voice in your head, those, those feelings, those emotions. It's a battle, but you've got to fight it. If you fight it, you will win. Doesn't matter what, just as soon as you resist in the name of Jesus, because it's not your power that you're relying on. It's the power of Jesus Christ who is completely defeated and disarmed every principality, every power that's ever gonna come against you. You're not on your own. You've got all the power of heaven backing you up. But all He needs for you to do is do some resisting. If you don't resist, you oh, God help me. He's saying, look, I need you to actually stand up and fight. I need your will to become engaged because God will never violate your will. He will not do something that you are not actively involved in doing. If you're giving consent to a thing and you're saying, God, stop me from doing it, He won't. You've given consent. But when you say, I resist it, as soon as you put up your barrier to it, you say, I'm, I'm not gonna do this. You will find you're in a battle to keep that at bay, but you're gonna win. Eventually you'll win. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes people say, I got a breakthrough. After a few years, man, we had a breakthrough. And in our world, preachers love talking about, yeah, God's got a breakthrough. You're gonna have a breakthrough. But sometimes, and I would say this pretty much every time, that breakthrough came because for a long time you wrestled, 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 and then you got the breakthrough. You go, wow, I got the breakthrough. But I would say to you that more valuable than the breakthrough were the muscles you developed fighting that battle to get to the point where you did finally break through. You are developing strength every time you're actually pushing back against something. And you, it might be unpleasant for you, it might be difficult trying to keep anxious thoughts out of your mind, trying to keep forgiveness in your heart, trying to keep yourself from being depressed or, and you say, I'm gonna keep the joy going. I'm gonna, and you battle those emotions. When you start to resist things like anxiety, depression, all these things, you will get yourself into victory. Uh, at the start of this year, I found myself anxious, really anxious. I don't know why it was. I occasionally get pretty anxious and worried about things, but then it just passes. But this time for almost two weeks, I was waking up in, in the morning around about two, three o'clock, couldn't go back to sleep. Wake up with sweat, wake up with my th thoughts just pounding, so many things. And it wasn't like th there were a couple of issues, but they weren't out of the ordinary huge things. They were just, it was just that I think they were just one too many. And you, you're suddenly thinking, whoa, man, how are we ever gonna get through this? And you get that despairing feeling. That's, that's a horrifying feeling when you go, oh, this is never gonna work, how are we gonna get? And these thoughts, they invade you. It's not like you ask them to come, they just start coming in. And I'm going, God, I need you to help this situation. He says, you fix it. I go, no God, you fix it. He says, no, you, you need to do what you preach. I said, don't you get on my case like that. That's so unfair. You know, he says, I've been listening to your podcast and you're talking about, <clears throat> you've been talking about switching on your faith and speaking the Word of God. So, so why don't you start doing it? I said, oh, I just want you to 
get rid of this. Solve the situation. He said, I'm not going to solve it. You're going to solve it. And, and, and the situation is going to not get solved as long as you're in this state. I said, you're very tough on me. You know, you should be saying, oh, you poor thing. You know, like, oh, let me look after you. But I've discovered that God is not my mother. He's my father. And he's trying to train me to do things that a father would train his kid to do. So, so I got a hold of Philippians 4, 6. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but on everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I know that Scripture deep because it's not just in here, it's like down on my toes. I started saying that uh, all day long. He spoke to me in that morning and I just spoke it all day. You know, the next night, I had like miraculously slept so deep. And I thought to myself, how do people actually even cope with life? Because if you haven't got the Word of God, the promises of heaven and the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit and the Word go together. When you start speaking that, He energizes that. And you grow a peace tree on the inside of yourself. You grow a be anxious for nothing tree. You You grow emotional and mental health in your life without needing to lean on anything else except discovering Jesus is manifesting Himself in my life. And so if you run to God in the Word and you just start to use that, because the Word is a seed. And when you speak it, you sow it. You sow it in your heart and in your atmosphere. And you grow the seed you plant. You, you, if you want to grow an apple tree, you don't plant a carrot seed. You, you plant, if you, you want to grow a no, be anxious for nothing tree in your life, in your mind, plant the be anxious for nothing seed. Philippians 4, 6, because the seed is incorruptible and it is powerful. It has the life of what it's talking about inside of it and it will transform your mind. It will completely renew your thinking. All right, and that is how you fight the good fight of faith. Never underestimate the power of the Word of God. But also, let me say this, never underestimate the power of actually praising God while you speak that Word. Psalm 148 says, with the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand, we will bind our kings, and he's talking about demon powers, with, with fetters of iron. Paul says to Timothy in 1, 6, 12, 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. So faith is a fight, but it's a good fight. And I'll tell you why, because you win. That's why it's a good fight. It's a fight to believe when everything wants to doubt. It's a fight to be bold and confident when you want to be intimidated and fearful. It's a fight to be courageous when you want to avoid the situation and just run and hide. And I know what that is like. I have to have so many awkward conversations in my life, almost one a day generally. You know, like, oh, I've got to talk about that. You know. And you agonise over it and you, and you just want to avoid them. Nobody enjoys those ones. But I, I summon turn my faith on, turn the boldness on. That's when it's not just what you believe, it's what you be. So I got to be bold and just, and I find every time as I step into that faith, the wisdom comes. As soon as I'm making the call, I think that's what I'll say. That's how I'll deal with this. I get answers as I keep stepping out. But when you're stepping away and retreating, you don't get answers. 
Faith takes you into the answer, takes you into the place where you'll get the wisdom to know exactly what to do. All right. Now, I want to, we're just going to switch into another dimension here in Revelation 12, 7, because we're going to look at the battle that you and I are involved, faith fighting this fight of faith. It says in Revelation 12, 7, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Okay, so, you know, here's heaven and here's earth. And we're down here dealing with things that we think, you know, here's you and here's your your deal, your situation. And you're thinking, I got to deal with this. I got to attack these, you know, these problems down here. Okay, camera, get it up on the eye. You can for these guys. Yeah, yeah, because they can't see around. So, but oftentimes, these things that are attacking you, these difficulties are are caused because of what's going on in there. And you're trying to deal with it on an earthly basis, but you actually need to deal with heaven. You need to deal with what's going on in the spiritual world because that's what's manifesting in your natural world. And... (laughs) And you will find that, that the devil would love to convince you that it's only an earthly thing. But Paul says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers in the heavenly places. And just because you can't see them doesn't mean it's not there. And here it says war broke out in heaven. And, and you're wondering why you got war in your, your situation on earth. It's because there's a contest. There's a spiritual battle going on in heaven. And this seems weird to me that war can break out in heaven. I mean, I thought heaven was a place called heaven and you didn't have war in heaven. I thought you had war in hell and on earth, but war in heaven? But there's war in heaven in these spiritual zones. And how, how crazy is it? And some of you guys, you just got married. You're gonna find you're in this heavenly bliss place for a little while. You go, oh, oh, so alive, you know. And then out of the blue, just out of the blue, a war erupts over the dishwasher or anything or, or, or over the refrigerator or over the car. It's just, it's irrational, it's stupid. You go, how did that happen? It just broke out because there is an enemy of your soul trying to get you in a places of real darkness and he will use little things on earth and you think, oh, it's just if I, I'm just dealing with this earthly thing, but, but often you're not. You're needing to deal with a force in heaven, a force in the spiritual world that's affecting your natural world. And so it says here, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. So when you start to fight, there's pushback. And you will find that, that you don't win immediately just because you started the fight. It's a, it's a battle and it can take, as I said, a day and you're resisting and you're pushing and it still hasn't gone, still hasn't gone, still hasn't gone. Another day goes by, still hasn't gone, still anxious, still worried, still trying to forgive, still trying to get, still hasn't gone. A week later, still hasn't gone. But like I said, when you finally think, oh man, I've been free of that thing for about a week now. You've developed muscles in the process. So don't, 
ignore the, prob- the problem that God is trying to bring a process into your life and strengthen you with. Because through that journey, you're gonna find yourself being so much stronger. Verse eight, it says, they did not prevail, nor was a place for them found in heaven or place found for them in heaven any longer. So in another scripture, Paul says, provide no place for the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. So when we carry around something like unforgiveness, that's a foothold. That's like putting a handle on your life, on your back for the devil. It just keeps dragging you back to rehearse the nur- and nurse the curse of that wound. Yeah, a little rhyming there. You know. <laughs> but, but, but if you're saying, oh, that, what they did to me, what they, you're just going backwards. If you forgive them, there's no place, no foothold, no, no grip for torment in your thinking. And, and you can start to love them and bless them. Lord, with a brick. No, uh, <laughs> I know you wanna, I know you wanna think that that scripture says revenge is fine, says the Lord, but it actually says revenge is mine, says the Lord. And so leave it to Him. Leave them to Him. He'll sort it out. And if He doesn't, it's just going to help you grow and mature as a believer and not be dragged down to the level of the people who hate you by hating them back. Never let your enemy drag you down to their level. Be a noble person. Be larger than what people are attempting to do to you so that you live above that. Now, getting rid of the place means you get rid of the place on earth and that removes the place in heaven that's been affecting you. Because if, if, if some spiritual, and it may not be like three levels or anything. It, when I say the heavens, I'm just talking about spiritual zones that are right here that we can't see. And when we come in here and we start worshiping and praising God, we activate angels all around us. God has got angels on the earth, on assignment, on assignment for you. He has committed certain angels to you. His covenant with you means that He will bring messengers and protectors into your life to guide you. And you will have those coincidences happen that, are, that, that have been arranged by other beings helping you. And they are angelic beings. There are angels from heaven. I have had several moments, uh, maybe four times in my 45 years of being a Christian where I have met angels and they have come to me just for a few moments. And they are like the, the, most, the most wonderful, exquisite, exquisitely beautiful creatures you, you've ever seen. Uh, just astonishing. Uh, and recently I was telling Chris, I, uh, just while I was traveling recently, I felt this great angel come to, to me behind me. And I heard the sound while I was, in my room praying of, of these great wings. Now I'm not a weird person. I try and have supernatural stuff like without being weird, but a little bit of weirdness is not so bad. And, uh, and so, you know, this, this, I could hear the sound of great rushing wind and it's like wings. And as I thought on this angel, I realized that as I praised God and as I lifted my hands and I believe God is speaking to us in this church right now, about moving into a place of great praise. Praise is the key of David. 
David had a key. It says in Revelation, the key of David, he wrote all those Psalms about praising God. Now I'm not talking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is great. We should do that. And worship is great. And they, they have different cultures about them, different feelings, a different scent about it. But what we were doing here tonight was praising God. And we should have a praise party every time we come together. Because I realised when I started to praise God that that was like activating and providing an atmosphere for this angel to move in. But if I was to talk about how the devil's attacking me, about how the devil's doing this and that, I'm giving focus and credit to the enemy and inflating him and taking away the fuel of that angel because our praise brings the glory of God into whatever we're doing. And so here it says, they did not prevail, nor was a place for them found in heaven any longer. And the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in the heaven, now salvation, strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. That's good news. But this says that when the accuser, when condemnation and criticism, gossip, fault finding and backbiting was cast out of that spiritual atmosphere, it released salvation, strength, kingdom and power. Salvation of the lost, salvation of lost people, strength for believers, Kingdom living as a disciple of Christ and the power of Christ to heal the sick and to bring miracles into the earth. That would say that as long as there's judgment and criticism and accusation in the spiritual atmosphere of anybody, it's gonna block salvation in your family and friends. It's gonna block strength. Weakness will only be there. It'll block kingdom, like living a disciplined life as a disciple of Christ it'll block the power of God. But as soon as that accuser is cast out of our spiritual atmosphere, out of our heaven, we find it releases the Kingdom of God. Our life on earth has an effect on what's going on in heaven. The way we're behaving here has an effect on here. And that in turn releases a spiritual world that we're trying to deal with in the flesh sometimes. But I'm telling you, when you start to say, I'm gonna start worshiping, I'm gonna start praising God, and you do it day and night continually, you'll defeat the accuser day and night. Then it says in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. They were unselfish people. When we and it may seem unusual. What's the blood of the Lamb got to do with this? It is the most potent element in the universe. It can defeat any demon. It was the blood born of a virgin birth, uncorrupted, uncontaminated by Adam's blood. He was the only human being in history to be born of God and a virgin. And because of that, He has this pure, innocent, untainted blood that is the only element in the entire universe that can remove sin, that can defeat the devil. And God put a lot of pictures in the Old Testament about this. And one of them was 
when the Israelites were gonna be set free, they had to slay a lamb and put the blood over their doorpost. And when they did that, the angel of death had to pass by. Demons had no power over that house. So I said to the Lord, how do, how do we make that work in the New Testament? That was physical. They, they could take actual blood. And, they, and as I studied it, I discovered that they used hyssop, which is the smallest plant in Palestine. It grown out of the wall, just tiny little plant. I thought, wow, that's interesting because in the New Testament, the book of James says the tongue is your smallest member. It uses the same word, smallest. And he said, even though it's the smallest member, it has enormous power to put the blood of Christ over your home, over your house. All you need to do is declare it and confess it and you will find that that blood of Jesus is on your world. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. And then they overcame Him by the Word of God. And they overcame Him because they had unselfish lives. Self-absorbed living is gonna provide a place, an opportunity for the devil to get a hold of you. But when you are a giver, not a taker. So you know, when we have these words about giving and some of you are critical or cynical, you know, oh, they just want more money. Blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to change your life. I'm trying to change you from a taker to a giver. And that will absolutely, utterly transform your world. I'm trying to get you to be responsible and not irresponsible. I'm trying to get you to be not a consumer, but a producer. And the natural tendency of the human condition is to become a consumer, to be somebody who wants to take and get, rather than somebody who wants to give and find the joy of living in laying down your life, not taking it up. And when they did this, they removed all places on earth for the devil to have a position in their life. And they overcame him. They overcame him, but that, remember what that word is, means a battle. They didn't just do it in a second or a minute. It might've taken a day, might've taken a year. But let me tell you this, when you start to live in that victory spirit and you start to say, well, I'm gonna start praising God. I'm gonna rise up with praise in my heart and lift up my hands and I'm gonna worship the Lord. You will find that that takes you into the spirit of faith. Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. As long as you are praising God, you're gonna, you're gonna arouse the spirit of faith in you. And that spirit is in you. As long as you're talking, talking up all the things that the devil is doing and talking up all your problems, they will grow bigger. But as long as you're praising God for His great work in your life, praising God for salvation, praising God for the blood of Jesus, praising God for the name, praising God for the Holy Spirit, you're gonna find yourself moving into victory. I want you all to stand right now and we're gonna just spend a minute here tonight worshiping and praising. Lift your hands up and praise God. Praise God for your, your friends. Praise God over your circumstances. Praise God over your life. Praise God over your world. Praise God over all your relationships. Praise God for every good thing that's happening in your life. Praise God for every bad thing. Go ahead, spin a positive tune in your mind. Change the soundtrack. Change the radio station in your head and say, praise God for all the beautiful things I've got going on in my life. Praise God for my friends. Praise God for our church. Praise God for the people of God. Praise God for worship. Come on, let's lift our hands. C3 Church is a vibrant, contemporary community of people who want to know Jesus more and be equipped to live their best life. We have over 300 churches around the world waiting to welcome you. So find your nearest C3 at c3churchglobal.com.